I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 236 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an inspirational dad with me here today for this Motivation Monday. Scott Flansbaum is a U.S. Marine veteran who found himself in a life-altering position after a routine surgery left him paralyzed. He was given a very low chance of ever walking again, but he has proven the doctors wrong and defied the odds. He tells his story in great detail on Dom Rosso's first-ever podcast episode, The Will to Fight. Dom Rosso is, of course, a former Navy SEAL and a guest on episode 118 of First Class Fatherhood. Scott Flansbaum will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And shortly after I recorded my interview with Scott, a good friend of mine, Brendan, who owns Gillespie Hardwood Floors in Weehawken, New Jersey. If you're ever looking for hardwood floors, they are the best in the business. Uh, But shortly after my interview with Scott, Brendan posted a GoFundMe link on his Facebook page for his friend, Pat Force, who was just paralyzed in a diving incident. And he is in exactly the same position that Scott Flansbaum was in when Scott first became paralyzed. Uh, so I mentioned the situation to Scott, and without hesitation, he told me to forward his contact information to Pat. The two have been in touch, and he is now helping to motivate Pat Force in his recovery. And that's just how incredible Scott Flansbaum is. He is already mentoring several other quadriplegics as he himself is continuing to recover. Uh, so my prayers go out to Pat Force and his family. I think it's one of these things that we all take for granted sometimes until something tragic happens and we can no longer perform the simplest of tasks, such as getting dressed in the morning. Uh, if you are interested in finding out more about Pat Force or would even like to contribute to his GoFundMe account, uh, visit GoFundMe and search Force to Recovery. The link is also in the description of today's podcast episode. Tomorrow on the show, UFC Hall of Fame legend Tito Ortiz, the Huntington Beach bad boy, will be here with me, and he gets into everything from his marriage to Jenna Jameson to his big fight coming up. Later in the week, we're going to shift from the cage to the ring. Former middleweight boxing champion Kelly Pavlik is here. Also this week, a U.S. Marine who killed 20 enemies to earn the Navy Cross, Brian Chantosh, and a Navy SEAL who is running for U.S. Senate in Virginia, Scott Taylor, are joining me as well. So let's go, dads. Make sure you are telling every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list about the show that is celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Scott Flansbaum. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, First Class Fatherhood is being brought to you today by Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They sent me their lawnmower 2.0, and I wish they had something like this years ago. I can't tell you how many times I've nicked my nuggets in the shower while shaving, and you definitely don't want to be using the same razor on your face that you're using down there on the two amigos. The lawnmower 2.0 is an electric trimmer with skin-safe technology. It's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. So let's go, dads. Right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners are getting 20% off their entire order, plus free shipping by using the promo code FATHER. Go to manscaped.com, enter the promo code FATHER at the checkout, save 20% off, and get free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code FATHER.
All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is a veteran who served with the United States Marines. He was told after a routine surgery that he would never walk again, and the video of him completing a 10K holding an American flag next to Navy SEAL Don Rosso is one of the most inspirational things I've ever seen. He has the will to fight indeed, and it is a huge honor for me to say, Scott Flansbaum, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? I got four girls because God's got a sense of humor and given us Marines four daughters. And they're 16, 13, 8, and just turned two. Wow. Yeah, I, I have four children myself. I have three boys, and then we got our girl on the end there. If we didn't get her on four, <laughs> we'd have five by now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, what type of uh, sports or activities are the girls into? So we're a big softball family. Uh, we do a lot of softball, and uh, my wife also was an awesome basketball player, so we just got into basketball. And uh, my oldest girl, although it's not technically a sport, she competes big time. She's more of the artsy. She does speech and debate. Okay, very cool. Um, do me a favor, Scott. Please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh my background is I'm a you know, US Marine and uh was in the Marine Corps as an infantry marine and uh military police officer for four years, got out and just started going to work and professionally and was working along and uh you know, working really hard, going to school and all that and uh I actually was in a really bad car accident about twelve years ago. That was a little bit of a hiccup that I thought was going to be the biggest challenge of my life. But a year ago, I went in for a routine medical uh, procedure, and they accidentally hit my spinal cord and paralyzed me from the chest down. And it wasn't something uh, my family was ready for, nor did we expect. And so for the last year, it's completely changed our lives. So for the last year, I've been fighting my way back to walk again, and that's been my whole life is learning how to walk again and overcoming this and in the meantime trying to show my daughter uh what it is to fight because uh, sometimes life gives us challenges and you know, we have to overcome them otherwise we just lay down and die so that's kind of the the mission we're on right now yeah it's it's an incredibly inspiring story the way that you've been able to overcome this challenge in your life i'm going to get more into that in a second here but what what is the experience of becoming a father? How did that kind of change your perspective on life? Yeah, so, you know, when I became a father, I was 25 years old, which at the time seemed so old. I had already been married for five years. And, you know, once you get married, everybody says, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? And I felt like I waited a long time. But as I look back now and reflect, 25 is so young. And uh, it just, it grows you up real quick. I already thought I was pretty mature, you know, having gone through the Marine Corps, but as you know, being a father for if you're a really good dad, it's it's no longer about you. It's all about them. And now you have these little these little people that are moldable looking up to you and seeing what you're doing and you really have to walk the walk for them. Yeah, and I know that you guys um, uh, in the military get that sort of sense, a little bit of it already, that service before self type of mentality. But for the regular uh, rest of us, like civilian guys like myself, the first time we get a taste of that at all is when we jump right into it with fatherhood. It gives us the, it gives that whole turnaround of the mindset of putting somebody before yourself for the first time. 
Absolutely. But at the same time, I'm sure you went through this. I'm sure all fathers go through this. Or if you're about to be a father, I'll never forget bringing home my first daughter. And we stopped and got some food on the way home. She was asleep because, you know, you're exhausted. And we're coming home from the hospital. And she was in her little infant carrier. And it's like, okay, let's not take her out. Let's eat first. And I'll never forget looking down at her and just going, oh, my gosh, this is mine. This is my child. And then having that sinking feeling of, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> you know? And uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's one of those feelings I'll never forget. But, you know, once again, whether you're in the military or not, if you're a good dad, it's like, okay, i got to take care of him. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. I remember with my first child, after that time that you spend in the hospital where the nurses are constantly coming in and helping you out, you have the, he goes back to the little, uh, infant room and then you bring them back when you want and then it's like at the last day there they're like okay and it's just that's it there's no more of that so it's uh it is intimidating and a little overwhelming at first and it's uh you know it presents its own challenges but i think it's uh, a very rewarding uh experience uh, to say the least absolutely and you know you sit there and you're like <laughs> i just remember going you're not going to give me a test or anything? You're going to let <laughs> yeah. me take this home? <laughs> yeah i know it's it, it's that kind of deal man it really is uh, yeah. How? What was the kids? Uh, how did they kind of handle this whole process? I mean, I'm sure this had to knock them all off their feet in their own way. What What was their uh, response to this happening and during your recovery? So I got to see two different sides. So I have older girls, 16 and 13, and then of course the younger girls. So I, I really got to see two different sides. With my older girls, um, they actually, we actually, when we went through that car accident back then, I was married to a different woman. She actually walked out on us um, at a time when insurance dropped us and we were losing our house. And so we were actually homeless. It was me. I was a single father uh, with those two. And uh, I'm proud to say that they really didn't understand what was going on. They were so little at the time. And uh, I protected them from a lot. uh, But they did go through it. And so when it came around to this go-around, they just stepped up. I mean, my two older ones were there. They wouldn't leave the hospital. They wouldn't leave my side. I couldn't be more prouder of them. I mean, you don't want a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old to have to see that. But what I found is is a lot of times in life when you're dealing with your kids, you just got to be honest with them. And I, I, I just couldn't be more proud of the way they handled it and just, kind of watching them become young ladies. And then with the two younger ones, I'll never forget, because this is it's coming up on the one-year anniversary and we're reliving all this and thinking about it. They came, so my youngest had just turned one a week before, and the other one was seven. They came around day five. I think that was when I was finally strong enough and mentally prepared to have them come in. But I was really terrified that the one-year-old, you know, when they're that young, especially as the father sometimes. Yeah, of course, they love their mom, but sometimes with the father, they can get scared or whatever. They just have a different relationship with us, especially in the beginning because we didn't carry them. And I was really afraid that when she walked into that room, she was going to be scared because I had all these machines hooked up to me and everything. But as soon as that door opened, she saw me. She screamed out, Poppy, and it was, ah, I mean, I had tears in my eyes. It was the best thing ever, and... They've all, I mean, it's been a struggle this last year. When you go through something this 
catastrophic. It's a real struggle, but I, I couldn't be more proud of the way they handle it. And we just tried to be honest and and just do our best, but there is no manual for it. Yeah, and, and, and well said. And I, I think that uh, just their response to it is definitely a testimony to the type of father that you are. And uh, I just think that, you know, many of us take for granted so many of the things that we have as a luxury here, as a gift that we've been given, really. And, and we kind of just, um, you know, we, we just uh, don't even think twice about some of the luxuries that we have until something like this comes along and we see somebody uh, going through what you're going through. It, it really does give us, it gives me pause and, and a chance to just really, uh, you know, reflect and, and be thankful for little things that we have that we really uh, take for granted on a day-to-day basis here. Absolutely. And then to go through what you did and then to be able to compete and com- uh, and complete, uh, you know, the 10K after being told that you wouldn't walk again, what, what was that experience like? And, and what was the um, the genesis of you uh, getting into that? Yeah, so that was, gosh, it seems like a lifetime ago. That was around six months after my accident. Um, you know, uh, the best thing about this whole journey has been my tribe has gotten bigger. I've had so many people that have helped me and you just don't get through anything um, this bad without the people that love you. And um, during this process, you know, I've been fighting and it's been a real challenge and I got connected with uh, Don Rossa, who I know you've had on the show and, you know, former SEAL. And uh, once again, never, I didn't know him before this. And so I met him at SHOT Show. That was the first time we met. We've been connecting and, I just loved his, you know, crush everything, his will-to-fight mindset, and I I really needed that at the time. And so we just happened to get connected. We met at SHOT Show, and then he was doing this race to honor uh, fallen military and uh, police officers and everything like that. And what I found over this last year is, you know, when you're really down, challenge yourself, really challenge yourself. And so he was doing this thing, and I just... He was doing a 5K, which was just a little over two miles. And I thought, well, I can't run it, but I can walk it. Let's do it. And I'll go out because Dom's one of those people that you just want to breathe the air around him. He's so positive. And uh, so then it was like two miles. I mean, come on. I can push myself more. So then it was like, I'm going to walk the 10K. And uh, so I went out there. Uh, we did it. They did the 5K, which was the military portion of it, but all the military vets came back and finished it with me, and then I I wanted to challenge myself for that last mile to... I, I walk with a walker right now still, and uh, I wanted to do it without my walker hand-in-hand hand with my wife and Dawn, and so they took my hand and helped me, and we completed it, and it, it truly was... I mean, it was amazing. There were so many people on that race that I was surprised we're so inspired by me and Don and our journey and uh when we crossed that finish line there was probably five or six hundred people just screaming for us and it, it truly was amazing but I found the more you challenge yourself and when times are tough probably the better you're gonna you know come through that adversity yeah that, that's incredible and I've seen you know some of the video uh, Don Rosso put up on his Instagram that I was able to check out of that and you know you're right Don yeah I did have him on the show he's just electrifying just the energy that he brings to the conversation he's very uh passionate when he speaks so uh, I can only imagine uh, what it must be like to be around uh him you know in person and I know he just he just started a podcast of his own and you were the first guest on the show which is really awesome 
All right, dads, the NFL season is now upon us, and the Major League Baseball season is winding down. There is no better time to take your kids to the ball game, and First Class Fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets on SeatGeek.com by using my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. Maybe you want to see a concert or a Broadway show. Save 20 bucks on the tickets on SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. It's a slam dunk deal, dads. SeatGeek.com, promo code FIRSTCLASS. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. Let me ask you this, Scott. How about um, as far as disciplining the children? What type of disciplinarian are you as a father, and has that changed at all since this incident? (laughs) So uh, being a Marine, I'm sure you could imagine. uh, My wife and I, my wife's Latin, so we're very strict. And I tell my girls all the time, and I just feel that, you know, we're losing, we're really losing that when it comes to disciplining our children. And I'll never forget my uncle telling me when my oldest daughter was just born, he goes, you know, it's so easy to be an uninvolved parent. It's really hard to be an involved parent. I, I, at the time, I looked at him like he was crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Of course I'm going to be involved. But now, 16 years later, and dealing with a couple of teenagers, I get it now. It's so easy to just not care. And it's hard to have those hard talks. But I tell the girls all the time, I go, this is a dictatorship. This is not a democracy. What your mom and I say goes. And that's just the way it is. And the difference I think it is for us now versus when we were growing up is we have that hard stance on how we raise them. But and we put that down, but we always come back, and then it's like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about why we did this. You know, this is why we did it. And then sometimes they, we give them an opportunity to try and change our minds. And sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. But we, we definitely, even though we, we joke and say it's a dictatorship, we definitely let them have a voice. Uh, but I think it's really important to just be hard on your kids because they're going to become adults based off of what you give them. And life is, as I found out in this last year, life is not easy. Um, life will chew you up and spit you out. And if you don't prepare them for that, they just, they're not going to be ready. And it really hasn't changed in the last year. That's just our hard stance on how we raise them. Yeah, and I think what you say is so important there, Scott, too, just because, it, I mean, right now we're facing a fatherless crisis in the country, and when children don't have that type of uh, preparedness, it, it, I mean, just going by the statistics, it results in, you know, just de- devastating circumstances for everybody in the society. So I, I think it's uh, more important now than ever to get uh, fathers back involved in their kids' lives. Absolutely. And I, I tell my girls all the time, you know, I really like to – talk about, you know, a, a pride of lions. I go, when you look at a pride of lions, and of course I have all girls, I go, look, and my wife's very successful. Uh, she's a true, I mean, she came from a really broken home, and now she's the COO of a company. And uh, so, she, I mean, what better role model for them? But And I tell them all the time, I'm like, I want you guys to be successful girls. Nobody wants that more than me. But when you look at a lion pride, I go, you know, the female lion, the lioness, she does all the work. She does the hunting. She takes care of the kids. She does all that. And I said, the male lion sits there, and he's got that strong presence. And so I tell him, you can do everything but and be as successful as you want. I mean, just look at your mom. 
I go, but I want you guys to find a man that's a strong presence that's going to be there for you that you know you can just, if you need to tell him to get up and roar, he's going to do it for you and he's going to back you 100%. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, my daughter's only five and I'm already dreading the entire uh, uh, dating scene to come with her down the line there. Uh, Has that already started with your oldest girls or how do you handle that? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it started with my older girl probably. She's a junior now. She just started junior. I mean, our heart stands was she came to us in eighth grade and was like, I want to date. We just said no. And, you know, we joke. We say not till you're 35, but I know that's not realistic. But, you know, we told her no, and we just explained to her why. We go, look, there is so many things you got going on right now, you know, with school and studies and sports and all this other stuff. And... Uh, having a boyfriend, I know you want to experience this, but it's just going to cause so much drama that you don't need in your life. And she was really upset and threw her temper tantrum, but about three weeks later, you know, she went and talked to the boy and said, I'm sorry, you know, she's very respectful. I can't date you because my parents said that I can't. And guess what? The boy started trashing her at school. And about three weeks later, she goes, I hate this boy. I'm so glad that you guys told me not to date him because he's just a jerk. And we're like, yeah, and imagine if you had to go through all that because you started dating him. And we just explained, you don't need that in your life right now. And now that she's 16, if she were to come to me and ask me again, which she hasn't because she's kind of realized that, you know, boys just really, (laughs) I don't need that in my life right now. She's really driven. We would say yes. But it's because I feel like, I mean, you want your kids to have those experiences. But at the time, it just it, we just knew from experience it wasn't right. And then with my 13-year-old, she's done the exact opposite. She went behind her back and did this. And guess what happened? More drama. And so we had to have that talk with her. And she's like, of course, she's like, oh, my gosh, you were right. We told her, and you know this as a father, it's like, yeah, we don't tell you these things because we're geniuses. (laughs) We've lived through it. And uh, so that's how we've done it. And so she had to go to this on the first, and I told her on the first day of school, now you have to go up to this boy and tell him and break up with him because of your parents. And I go, and that's just drama. And if you would have just listened to us, you wouldn't have to do this on the first day of school. So once again, she had to have one of those, tough days on the first day of school because she went behind her back. So that's kind of how we handle it. So, And it kind of works its way out. And I'm excited now for my oldest daughter to one day come and say, hey, I really want to go out with this boy. And I'll be like, good, you're ready. Yeah, very cool. It's, it's amazing. Like I said, my four kids, they, all four of them couldn't be more, uh, couldn't respond differently to the discipline and stuff. It's like a certain kid, you could tell them, you know, don't touch the stove, it's hot. And the other guy will not listen until he touches the stove and burns his finger. So it's uh, it's yeah. crazy how that works. Yeah, they're all totally different personalities, right? Absolutely, yeah. And they all come from the same place, so go figure, like, you know. So, um, yeah. Uh, what is uh, what is your daily routine looking like now, Scott? Are you still doing uh, rehab or physical therapy or something like that? What does your daily routine kind of look like? Yep. So uh, right now, so they told me I had one year uh, to kind of get back as much as I was going to get back for the rest of my life. So this last year, like I said, it's coming up on a year this Saturday. Uh, So this year I've just, I mean, I have doubled down. I was going, they said I'd be in a wheelchair the rest of my life. 
I'm not in a wheelchair, which is, I can't tell you how thankful I am. So it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I go to physical therapy and uh, do that for a couple hours, which is exhausting. And once again, to anybody who's listening, please, every time you walk, don't take it for granted. Uh, when you can't do it, you're learning how to walk again. I mean, and your your mind knows how to do it, but your body can't. It is one of the most frustrating and the hard things you could ever do. Um, so physical therapy is big. Then I go to the gym and try and work out. I can only do it three days a week because that's all my body can handle. Obviously, having four kids, I try and be as active as I can, helping my wife out with that. Uh, but, you know, every day I got to take a little nap in the afternoon because my body is just exhausted. And by the evening, you know, I'll help my wife with, you know, whether it's dinner or getting the kids in the bath or whatever. Um, and then I've started helping out. So there's a group called Rescue 22 Foundation, which gives service dogs to veterans. I'm actually on their list waiting to get a dog from them. And I'm just one of those guys that's never asked for anything for free or gotten anything for free. So it was one of those things where I said, well, can I help you guys at all? So now I'm the communications officer for that nonprofit, uh, helping the veterans that are on the list to communicate with a couple of our trainers and our CFO kind of CEO. So I do a little bit of that just to try and keep my mind active, but uh, it's I'm still in the fight and it's still fresh. I mean, just yesterday I had to lay down three times. This past week I was in bed at 7 o'clock just kind of rocking in pain because I went last weekend to Reno to work with Rescue 22 and so it, it, it's just one of those things. My stamina is not there. It's all about getting better, and um, it, it's tough. It's really tough. But you know, I'm just I'm fighting. I'm really fighting. Yeah, and, and you're inspiring while you fight. Now, what, what what kind of goals or plans do you have here for the future, Scott? You got any uh, books in the making? Any kind of uh, are you going to start doing some speaking, or what, what? What do you got coming up? Yeah. So I don't know about books, but uh, we definitely you know. Having gotten in touch with Dom and everything, he's really shown me the way. And from day one, even before I met Dom, uh, it was all about I was going to document this journey and try and inspire others. And uh, I'm, I'm so proud of that and what my family's done, whether it's my kids showing other kids that are going through it or my wife showing other you know, women that are have husbands or vice versa, right? And uh, so we started our own line uh, called Unbreakable. And it's just more of a lifestyle uh, brand. I've done some public speaking with uh, – I've done a lot of speaking with the local school district here, teaching kids how to be unbreakable. And, uh, you know, the whole thing we came up with that was, is, you know, we, it, <laughs> me and my family break a lot, but we never are completely broken. And we get up every day and we fight and we have our setbacks, but we take round after round and we keep going. So – Doing a lot of public speaking, my wife and I would like to start getting involved with churches and just helping with, you know, couples that are going through because you might not be paralyzed, but everybody has their struggles, especially, you know, with kids and marriage and doing that. And, uh, you know, now that this year is over and I've kind of gotten back what I'm going to get back now, it's just trying to figure out how I'm going to live out the rest of my life. So inspiring others and teaching them through my journey is is what we're trying to do. Yeah, that's awesome, Scott. And and, and I'm not going to keep you too long here. The last thing I want to hit you with, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, 
Uh, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Absolutely. The best piece of advice I ever got when my daughter was just about, my first daughter was about to be born, it's actually my barber, he said, and this is whether you have a you know, girl or a boy, he goes, if you have a girl, take them out on a date every month. Okay, have them circle the calendar the day they're going to go out, you know, have them get really excited and look forward to that. If you have a son, then, you know, your son can take out your wife, but take them out. Some dates are going to be extravagant where you take them to a nice meal. Other ones are just going to be going for an ice cream cone, but open the car door for your girl, you know, pull out her chair, show them exactly how they should be treated. And if it's a boy, then teach your boy how to do that for his mom and have him take out, give him the money so he can pay for it, tell him how to take out the chair, open the door, etc. And he goes, right about 13, they're not going to want to do it anymore because they're going to be embarrassed because they're at that age. He goes, but I guarantee you when that first boy comes to take them on their first date or your son goes out to take that first girl, you'll have showed them how to be either a man or how to be treated if they're a lady. And you won't even have to say anything to them. They'll know exactly what to do. And my daughter, even though she hasn't dated, she was invited to a prom. And she had. I told her the boy, even though they're going as friends, had to come over and meet me. And I couldn't be more proud of the boy that came over. I mean, at the end of the night, he was playing board games with my 7-year-old uh, instead of ignoring her. So he was just a really good kid. And so that would be the advice. I give to any dads that are about to walk into it. Uh, just one little piece of advice. Just be the light. Show them how they're supposed to be treated. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. Uh, Scott, this has been an honor for me. i got to say you're a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, sir. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Scott Flansbaum for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in tomorrow. UFC legendary Hall of Famer Tito Ortiz, the Huntington Beach bad boy, stops by. Wednesday, we have a U.S. Marine who single-handedly killed 20 enemies. He earned the Navy Cross. He'll be here on Wednesday. Brian Chantosh. Thursday, former middleweight boxing champion. Kelly Pavlik. And of course, on Friday, we have a Frogman Friday coming at you with former Navy SEAL and candidate for U.S. Senate in Virginia, Scott Taylor. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. <laughs>